0: You know joining this community, it's one of those things like if you want to go fast, go alone. and if you want to go far, go together. And you know, I really think coming together as a community of businesses and sparking of movement in the long term will um, have a really big impact on the world.
1: From Deergo Collective, this is responsibly different. Sharing stories of certified B corporations and our journey of joining them in leveraging business as a force for good. In this episode, Stonyfield Organics Director of Sustainability Innovation, Lisa Drake, hopped on a call to answer all my questions about Stonyfield, their journey to B Corp certification, and all the incredible work they're doing for people and planet. Lisa has led the development and implementation of innovative sustainability practices at Stonyfield since 2002. Stonyfield certified as a B Corporation in 2016, and today, with their Play Free Initiative, COVID-19 Yogurt Donation Program, and their global efforts to support farmers with open team, it is clear that Stonyfield Organic is responsibly different. Lisa, to kind of kick us off, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and, and what brought you to Stonyfield?
0: Yes, well, I'm originally from Vermont and um, I went to school at Tufts University outside of Austin and I majored in civil and environmental engineering. And so I, and I came out of school and um, you know, having studied the movement of pollution and the environment, I, I got involved in hazardous waste related work. So assessing hazardous waste sites, uh, planning remediation, and um, you know like really cleaning up the mess of industry and you know it was really interesting work a lot of chemistry and groundwater hydrology and um, you know really interesting scientific uh, work but um, really at the end of the day was cleaning up the mess and eventually got inspired to think about how do we do things differently how do we do things better Um, how do we you know, make the things we we need in the world with without creating such a mess. So, um, you know, I also was lucky enough to hear the founder, one of the founders of Stonyfield, uh, speak in well well before years before I joined Stonyfield. And so, Gary Hirschberg um, was so inspiring. You know, he really had always had a vision about running a business that was better for the environment and was really inspiring and sharing that message. So when the opportunity arose to move to New Hampshire and join his team, I was,
1: I was all on board. That's amazing. And in, in your current role, you're the Director of Sustainability Innovation at Stonyfield. Can you share with us a little bit about what your work looks like or maybe what a typical day looks like for you?
0: Yeah, so you know, this is really about um, bringing a vision to life within a company. How do we operate more sustainably How do we uh, get our product out into the world and look at how we source ingredients? And what kind of energy are we using to run manufacturing operations? How do we package the product? And at the end of the day, what kind of impact are we having? And how can we do better over time? Um, You know, really, what kind of business do we want to be? And how how do we want to show up in the world? And so, you know, the job is about working across this business because people are. Making decisions every day in the business that that ultimately are impactful and drive where we go to. So, it's it's about um, sharing a, a vision and you know working through decisions that take us in the right direction or the wrong direction. So about sharing goals and knowing that we're moving in the same direction because you know it's hard work to innovate and to improve and to try new things when status quo is working fine. So the idea of innovating around sustainability takes work. And so my job is to, you know, measure our carbon footprint and understand those impacts, to set goals for where do we want to go and developing a roadmap for you know how are we going to get there over time. And ultimately celebrating the wins because you know we have to do hard work and then we need to celebrate when when we do well. So um, you know, it's really it's it's such interesting work. It's, it's very uh, engaging with people. There's the technology and science aspects that I love coming from my engineering roots. Um, but, you know, the challenge is really about organizational behavior as well and 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 how do we move forward together?
1: I, I'm curious uh, for folks who maybe don't have that role in their company, do you have advice for them for, like, Yes, this is definitely a role that you would want to prioritize, or 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 ways that people could get started, kind of thinking through that lens.
0: Yeah, I think it's um, I think it's a good role to have a central person, and certainly having someone in house with some state sustainability expertise um, can be super helpful. But you know, not all businesses are at the size and scale that they can afford that, or and so you know that I think it's really most important about um integrating the work like i can't be everywhere and everything making all those decisions right so so i can be central and i can be a resource and i can influence and i can you know and try to set vision and goals and such but at the end of the day it's the people integrating into the business that are making the decisions that are going to see follow through and so i think any business can do it, you know with or without a dedicated sustainability person if they have someone who is charting a course, setting the, the vision so that people can move together. And then you can always find resources outside the company to bring the expertise in that you need or to to find some opportunities. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, it has to be in the inner workings of the company for it to, to work well Is my experience.
1: That makes a lot of sense. I mean, I'm curious, kind of looking back, Stonyfield, itself started as an organic farming school in New Hampshire. How have those roots informed the work that you and Stonyfield are currently doing as a company?
0: Yes, well, that that is true. We were um, originally, uh, the organization was called the Rural Education Center in Wilton, New Hampshire, and it was on a farm called the Stonyfield Farm. And uh, Gary Hirschberg and Samuel Kamen were running the Rural Education Center, which was You know, really a nonprofit organization that was committed to helping family farms to educate people about the value of sustainable agriculture and, you know, literally hands in the soil, how to farm in a way that protects the environment and uh, is is really authentic to this idea about, about people and food. They had seven cows on the farm and it was making a lot of milk and so they made yogurt with that product and they started selling it purely as a way to make money to support the nonprofit organization and soon realized that really this was not only a way to make money for the organization but it was actually a better vehicle for getting the message out into the world and so it evolved from nonprofit to business you know really a truly early social venture and um so how that you know connects to who we are today and how we run our business is really still about like always staying true to this idea about supporting family farms, supporting farming, specifically dairy farming in the in New England and um and organic. You know, we at the time when they were starting all that, they were following the ideals of organic, but there wasn't a USDA certification for products that are made organically. So that came about. Uh, much later, 2002 is when the USDA organic certification came along, uh, but that has carried through and why we are so committed to organic sourcing, organic ingredients and supporting the small family farmers to this day.
1: That's really cool. I- I'm curious too, if, if there were, you know, small family farms that are interested in organic farming and are interested in working with you, h- how do you find those family farms? Like, is it, is it kind of... Mm-hmm. You reach out to them or they reach out to you, or what? I'm just curious what that looks like.
0: Yeah, it can happen, um, you know, all, all of those ways. And, um, you know, we have had a very long standing, wonderful relationship with Organic Valley, which um, behind Organic Valley is a cooperative of organic farmers across the country. And so their Northeast um, dairy farmers are a majority of supply for our milk but we but we also have about 32 farms that we contract with directly in New England and so that you know was really a way of um not only diversifying our supply but really having direct contact with farmers and developing those relationships directly and helping them transition so one of the challenges with organic is if you're Farming conventionally, you have to go through a period of time where you're adopting organic practices and yet you still can't your products, not yet certified. So you essentially are taking on costs associated with being organic with getting without getting the premium pay of being organic. So we have helped many of those farms transition if they weren't organic and they wanted to become organic and become a supplier of Stonyfield, we help them cover that gap of um, a year's time that they, they need to transition. And so, you know, it's really uh, about, you know, continuing to support dairy farming in New England and supporting the ne- next generation of dairy farmers. Cause the average age of dairy farmers is, you know, in, the, in their 60s, so we're approaching retirement age. You know, they've been doing this for a lifetime and it's hard work. And they may or may not have a family that wants to continue on the transition, the the the, the you know the long canning tradition in their family, and so we are you know also looking to recruit you know younger dairy farmers, whether it was in their family or not, to take to take on these farms and to keep them in active production in New England.
1: Wow, that is so cool, and and I think that's so great how how you're also encouraging people to go organic and helping them through that process. Something that I thought was really fascinating was in, in addition to your work in, in supporting farms going organic, um, I think it was in 2018, you launched the Play Free Initiative. Can you tell us a little bit about that that mission and and kind of how it's unfolding across the country? Because that's kind of a movement in helping public spaces become organic, which was something I had never even entered my brain.
0: Yeah. You and many others, yeah. So this was something you know we we learned about, um, you know, just being in the organic world about how many toxic chemicals can be used to manage playing fields in the U.S. and the millions of kids that play on those sports fields and the families that spend time there and the pets and um, you know when you're managed when you're using all those harmful pesticides, there's potential for exposure. You know how kids are playing, they're playing, they're playing hard and they're down in that dirt, right? And they come home dirty and they bring it home with them on their clothes, on their shoes. And um, so it was really inspiring for us to think about, you know, how it doesn't have to be that way. Just like food doesn't have to be grown with all kinds of toxic chemicals. Same thing with our playing fields. And maybe this is a new way to make a good contribution in communities and to further people's thinking about the role that chemicals play in their life and ways that it can be avoided. So our for our 35th uh, birthday, if you will, or anniversary, um, we committed to working with 35 communities across across the country to help them change how they manage their playing fields and to eliminate pesticides. And so that means you know really getting hands on in these communities. Our our very first one was actually up in your neighborhood in um, South Portland, Maine our very first community and um we you know bring in some expertise you know look at what fields they have what how they're managing them and how they can do it in a more organic way and um, you know really thrilled to say that over in this we're in the third year of the program and we are going to hit the 35 Communities this year we've worked we started in Maine, but we've been um, all across the country now in different communities of all sizes, small and large, and um you know it's really about training them in a single instance we we commit to one field as a pilot, but then they're learning skills and information that they can then adapt across their town or city and uh, really change it all altogether. So we think it's you know some great movement in these communities. They've gained knowledge as um, the city employees, if you will, but also we've reached out to, you know, through having community celebrations about the work and such and we've engaged the people there too and the citizens and, and giving them information that they can also relate to their own property, to their yards and what they do and how they manage their their own turf, if you will, at home.
1: That's so cool. And you guys have a really neat video about it. And it said something about like 65% of public playing fields use harmful pesticides, which I had no idea about. So that was very informational. And I'll definitely um, throw a link to that video in the show notes for folks to check out, too. So in speaking of kind of community works, I know in response to the COVID-19 outbreak, you launched the yogurt donation program and have donated over a million yogurt products over the course of 2020. Can you share with us what that looked like, and is it a program that's still running? And if so, how can folks get involved?
0: Yeah, so we um, it is still running. Typically, in a in a normal year, if you will, we are on the road. We're celebrating the Play Free program in communities. We're at 5K races. We're you know we're out, and we enjoy being out in the community and bringing our product out there. To folks and you know in March of 2020 we realized this is not going to be the case this year it's going to be a different year and um, you know although we need needed to change how we were doing things there's a need for social distancing you know it didn't relieve us of our social responsibilities and if anything we think you know we recognize our role in the community we recognize the many families that are impacted by COVID and the economy and, you know, are really in need of nutritious foods. And so as a member of this community, I think we can persevere, not just despite this crisis, but we can grow our community connections. And so this is what we set out to do this year. And so we have given away uh, over 1.2 million products in 2020. And uh, that's across seven states and uh, over 50 organizations that we've supported so this is you know food banks and um you know medical communities and such that uh, could really use the extra help in this year so we're still going 2021 our ta- our new tagline we have yogurt and we're here to help so um if you want to nominate an organization uh you can go to stonyfield.com backslash nominate and uh you can give us your suggestion. If we can reach that organization, we'll do so.
1: Oh my gosh. That's amazing. I'll definitely make sure that link lands in the show notes as well for folks. Um, can you share with, speaking of communities and local communities here in the kind of greater Portland, Maine area, uh, can you share with me a little bit about your partnership with Wolfsneck Center for agriculture and the environment?
0: Yeah. So Neck Center is um, in Freeport, Maine. So right in your neck of the woods up there. Um, and it's been a farm for um, about 60 years, but it is much more than a farm. It's an education center. It really is working to connect people with their food, you know, much like the the rural education center that Stonyfield was born out of um, over 35 years ago. Um, and it's uh, you know also become a center for uh, research and demonstration uh, in agriculture. So they're really doing. Uh, great work. They've been an amazing partner. We've, we found them and found that we shared so many interests. Um, the first major endeavor we did with them was to help them launch an organic dairy farmer training program. So as we were talking about earlier about the next generation of farmers, if you want to learn the trade, where do you go? And um, so they've set up a program where they can take up to four apprentices at a time to work With their active uh, organic dairy farm, and really, they can learn all aspects of the business—from caring for the animals, for managing pasture, for feed, and you know, all all the different aspects of the farm—so that they can come out and be ready to manage a farm and ultimately own their own farm. So that's been um, really, really exciting to to build that program and provide opportunities for people and I think the and the other really big exciting thing uh, that we've been working on with them for a few years now is the development of a program called Open Team and this is a really great cutting edge work um, that we've done in partnership with not just Wolf's Neck but also the Foundation for Food and Agricultural Research and also um, the USDA uh, has a program called Land PKS, which is about uh, land monitoring and soil health monitoring. And we're bringing all these partners together because what we want to do is develop a technology platform where that farmers can access to really understand soil health. So they can uh, track their practices on their farm and improvement practices that will improve soil health, which... Um, can impact the economics of their farm, can impact the resiliency of their farm to drought or to flooding or whatnot, but also um, can be a contributor to mitigating climate change by sequestering carbon into the soil and having the tools at the ready to be able to do that. And so, for example, measuring the soil carbon content changing their practices, improving their practices, changing how they manage animals on their pasture land, et cetera, and then over time continue to build soil carbon and learn from what they've done so that then they can continue to to innovate and uh, sequester more carbon. So we really think that this is enabling farmers to own their data, to own their decisions, but with the best possible technology tools and to contribute to research so that uh, the The understanding about practices and outcomes is really clear, and all farmers around the world can truly learn from each other. That is
1: so neat. and that was called open teams
0: yeah, open team and um so there's a website open team dot uh, Team. dot community
1: awesome. That is great. and is that is that open to like any farmer that wanted to come check it out or is there like an application process or how how focus? Do...
0: right now it's in pilot mode, so um, there's small numbers of farms currently using the tool and tools. There's interconnected tools across this platform. And um, so we're building it up to a point that more and more par- farms will be able to participate over time. And ultimately, any farm will be able to. So in 2020, we had have uh, five, six, six, I think, uh, Stonyfield organic dairy suppliers working in the program. And next year, there'll be 10 or 12. So we're, we're increasing the numbers of farms that are participating, learning, working out all the kinks, what's working, what's not working, how can we improve it, and um, ultimately be able to roll it out on a much larger scale.
1: Oh, that's so cool. That is really, really cool. Uh, so pivoting a little bit uh, towards B Corp land, I'm curious what led Stonyfield to pursue B Corp certification and, and what did that process look like?
0: So uh, yeah, Stonyfield was not one of the earliest adopters of B Corp. We considered it quite a few times over the years, and some of the early early companies uh, started started becoming B Corp certified as early as I think 2007, 2009. And uh, um, you know, we we looked at it, and you know, at first it just didn't rise to the top of our priorities. It's a lot of work to get certified for anything, right? And um so from a certification perspective at first we didn't join but we you know ultimately what we started to see build was that it was more than a certification it it was a community and it was a community of companies that we considered our our peers and a place that we really wanted to be you know we saw you know seventh generation was one of the the early b corps um patagonia ben and jerry's um, you know, we started to see companies that we we connected with, like Eileen Fisher, um, locally Badger um, for us in New Hampshire, Eaton Jerry's Organics. And, um, you know, we said, these are our people. We should be there. This is a community. This is more than just a certification. And so ultimately we got serious about it in 2016 and we certified at the end of that year. And, um, so it's, 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 uh, it it is, it is a process. It is a commitment, but you know, once we saw it as joining a community rather than just a certification, I felt different and felt like it was worth that
1: work. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious to that end, what was kind of the most challenging aspect of going through the assessment and how, how did you kind of manage working through it?
0: Well, I think it's unique in how comprehensive it is. There's, no one person in the company that could by any stretch answer all the questions because it is by its nature, it's really looking at all aspects of your business, and so it really truly takes people from across the company to contribute. So I, I think you know it takes a focal person to manage a process and to bring all those people in. Um, you know, once somebody really has to dive in and, and own it, but it. Is, you know, also at the same time, really, um, the process is reinforcing of our practices. That yeah, our practices really are strong. They really do measure up against a pretty critical standard. And you know, so as a company who has grown and evolved and changed so much over the years, I think it was really good for us to come out and to see that um, yeah, we really are doing well not only by our own opinion, but um by other people's standards. And uh, at the same time, there's always more to learn. You know, there's always there's always places within that assessment that we could do better. And so it gets it gets easier over time um, because you do have to recertify every three years. And um so it's always an additional level of work, but at the sense of once you get through it once, you know what to expect. And um, you know, B-Lab doesn't make it easy in the sense that uh, once you achieve certification, you still have to continue to improve. There is a intention to continually raise the bar and to not let us sit and just sit on past wins. So um, it, is, it is a process that um, is about continuous improvement.
1: Do you have like a team of folks internally that are... B Corp exclusive, or or how like what is your like? Are you spearheading the B Corp certification, or how? What does that process look like?
0: Yeah, I currently am. The first time we did it, I did not. I was a contributor on the environmental um, portion, but we had a different person who managed the project initially. So you know, since then, I have um, inherited. I've given myself the title called the Beekeeper and champion the B Corp work uh, within the company. And so yeah, this this time we're uh, preparing for recertification this year. And um, I, I am being that key person, which again is really about pulling in the expertise and the knowledge from across the business.
1: I'm curious how has being a B Corp certified business and kind of going through the B Impact assessment, how has that helped the business?
0: Well, one thing is that we've come to appreciate the assessment as a learning tool, because, you know, we can really see where we're at. We can see where we have room to improve. And in some senses, it's a guide to best practices. And, um, you know, for for example, our human resources team, they routinely use it as a reference when they're considering changes to benefits or policies. Um, They're they're often turning to the impact assessment to see if we change this if you know how can we improve it what are the qualifications for this kind of policy or program and you know using it as a benchmark so that's um that's been really that's probably been one of the the biggest benefits in addition to joining this community and uh you know really movement
1: yeah i'm I'm speaking of the kind of community aspect of it i'm curious have you done a lot of partnerships with other b corps and if so with who and what did those look like?
0: Yeah, we've done a lot of things with different B Corps. And, you know, because these a lot of the companies in the B Corp movement are, you know, we do consider our, our peers and that we share a lot of interests with. You know, it can be fun things like we've done sweepstakes um, and, you know, giveaways together, contests, uh, consumer facing contests, you know, and we've done educational communications to better spread awareness about what B Corp is. what it stands for. Um, And then, you know, I think that it continues, the B Corp community continues to evolve. And, you know, now we're working together in some pretty serious collective action work. And one that Stonyfield has been involved in is about climate change. And within the B Corp community, there's a group called the Climate Collective. And so this was a started with a smaller group of companies and bring some leadership to the B Corp community of how can we act together on climate? How do we set the standard for what responsible and committed companies do to act on climate change? And, you know, so for example, a group of B Corps joined some other companies um, this past year to do virtual lobbying on Capitol Hill to talk about How do we recover out of COVID and this economy that we're in at the same time while addressing some really important issues, particularly climate change, um, but also environmental injustice issues? That you know, we see an opportunity to move out of where we are to find some real durable solutions to problems that existed prior to COVID, um, but that this is our opportunity to invest and to build back better truly to, to make the economy work better for everyone coming out of this and to really address climate change. And so, you know, we also are supporting, a number number of B Corps are supporting the youth uh, that are organizing the youth climate strikes. Um, the Earth Day Live program that happened last year in lieu of climate strikes, you know that really taking the lead of these young people and lifting their voices. And so, you know I think it's this this is where the Corp work is, you know really exciting and has become so much more than a certification. You know, I spoke about it being, we see movement from just a certification to joining a community. And you know, really now it's joining a movement because there's so much, energy within this community to create change, to, to lead not only by example, but to use our voices to advocate for things we believe in and to to make an impact on the world beyond our business borders and um, really influence things in a, in a larger way.
1: That is so cool. And And kind of speaking more to kind of those Community pieces. I know we had last season we had uh, Fiona Wilson on the show from the UNHB Impact Clinic. And we're super excited that we were gonna be part of the clinic this spring semester. And I know that you worked with the Impact Clinic as part of your recertification process. I'm just curious, what was that like? Do you have any tips or advice for us as we start that process and begin working with students or or maybe some thoughts for folks that are thinking about getting involved in a program like that to help them get certified?
0: Yeah, I think I'm really glad you're doing that because I think it it is a great experience. I mean, first for the students, it's an amazing experience. It's it's such a, a hands-on learning opportunity outside the classroom um, to really work as consultants with a real live company is just a, a really unparalleled experience. And they are smart, and they're engaged, and they're so eager to to jump in. So for the students, it's really great, and for the companies. Um, the certification work can be really hard. And this excitement I have about the B Corp community is part of the energy that carries me through the hard work of doing the assessment and asking and answering what seems like endless questions. Um, but by joining this, you know, community, you'll be in parallel with other companies who are on their B Corp journey in some way. You have the energy of these students. So I think it'll really be a good experience. For you, you know the different companies that have participated over the last few years. Um, I think they've all gained, but they've um, they've had different kinds of experience and had different final products based on how they framed what they wanted to get out of it with their students. So I think that's, you know, my main piece of advice is to to really focus on what is it that you want to get out of the experience and make sure the students are clear on what it is, how they can most help you and what they can deliver to you at the end of the day.
1: Thank you for that. That is super helpful. We're really excited. Uh, I'm curious, what advice would you give to businesses like ours that are, you know, either in process of certifying for the first time or or maybe are thinking about pursuing certification?
0: Well, I, I would definitely, I, I think any business can benefit from participating in the UNH clinic. And um, it, there's, there's learnings. For any, for wherever you are on the journey, whether you're not even sure you want to certify, um, you want to just start with understanding where you are on the spectrum. There's something to be gained there, so I think that's one um, amazing tool that we have here in our community. And um, you know, I think uh, I would. I guess the advice is to you know think of this as an opportunity to make yourself a stronger business. Um, that there is a wealth of resources there to. Um, that will give you spark ideas of how you can do things better and differently, how you can have greater impact in your workplace or in your community. And it's one of those things that um, you can, by joining this community, there's a lot to gain and a lot to learn. And in the big picture, beyond just certifying, Um, You know, joining this community, it's one of those things like if you want to go fast, go alone, and if you want to go far, go together. I really think coming together as a community of businesses and sparking of movement in the long term will um, have a really big impact on the world. And um, so certification itself that work can be a lonely process, but it'll make you stronger on the other side and um, will really enable you to contribute to a greater good.
1: That's great. Anything else you'd like to add or kind of impart on listeners?
0: I didn't mention, you know, one of the marketing campaigns that B Corp um, has used over the last couple of years is is called Vote Every Day. And so taking the idea of, you know, the impact we have as individuals through voting, um, you know, that we have other ways we can influence and state our values to the world by voting every day in our decisions as individuals. So that can be with your wallet and how you spend your money. Um, It also can be with your job. It can be with how you use your personal social media platform. Um, And so, you know, I think that idea of vote every day is really, is a great message to pass on because, you know, this is a movement, not just of companies, but of people. And whether you're an employee or an owner of a B Corp or not, um, you can influence this movement, that you can make a difference with your purchases and with your decisions. And as I said, with your social media. And so, you know, I think when some of the most outspoken members of and well-known members of the B Corp community, like Ben and Jerry's, has been doing amazing work on speaking out about racial justice issues and equity issues. Patagonia, you know, always is the champion, not just for the environment, but, um, you know, they're really directing their business in ways that are authentically consistent. So they're choosing not to do corporate sales to companies that don't prioritize the environment. So if you want that nice, I'm not wearing mine today, your Patagonia vest with your Patagonia label on one side and your company logo on the other, your company better have some opinion about about the environment. And so you know, like they those companies, they take some criticism too, because some people come at this with, you know, you should just stay in your business. You shouldn't have political opinions. And You know, if you're saying this about Benigeris or Patagonia, you really haven't been paying attention because they've always been rooted in in their values and living their business in ways and using their voices in ways that are authentic to those values. And the impact that they have is because of their clarity about what it is they stand for, but you know, ultimately, they're supported by customers who love their product and are loyal to them over other choices. So, as individuals making choices to to buy and to support companies that align with your values is is really important. And um, that's the, that's what's going to help continue to lift these businesses within the B Corp community. We support each other. Um, you know, not all B Corps are facing consumers the way you know we are. However, um, you know, we can business to business support B Corps as well. We work with other B Corps in a number of ways, also business to business. And so, you know, there's, everybody can contribute in some way to this movement. And I'm just really, I'm glad your company's on this journey and we'll be, um, hopefully joining the community.
1: Absolutely. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much. This is so great. Super excited to have you on the show, uh, Stonyfield's an amazing product. Um, and, and, and I think you guys are in most grocery stores, right? I think people can find you. Just- oh, yeah.
0: We're in grocery stores. Uh, in, yeah, we're definitely in grocery stores across the country. And we're continuing to innovate and evolve products. Our, our kids' products in particular um, have been really fast growing. And, uh, you know, moms and dads really may make different choices for their kids than for themselves but we're showing them that you can start with organic baby food and grow into organic kids products and those transitioning those children into adult products is um, continuing to to continue generation to generation this the stony field and the org commitment to organic that we think is better for the planet and better for our health and we're just continuing to to grow and um, help provide nourishing foods out into the world.
1: Thanks so much for tuning in. As always, I have links to all the various projects and businesses Lisa named in this episode in our show notes, which you can find at responsiblydifferent.com. Included in the show notes are links to where you can nominate some local heroes for free yogurt, learn how to go organic in your own backyard, some bonus videos from Stonyfield about Open Team, their play-free initiative, and more. If you haven't been checking out the show notes, definitely do. I always try to put some fun bonus stuff in there for y'all to check out. Some news in the land of responsibly different. We have a brand new Instagram page. Check it out and follow us. In the months to come, we'll be posting B Corp best practices that we learn from different guests on the show, as well as some highlights from each episode. You can find us at responsibly different on Instagram. And in the world of Deergo Collective, we met with our student team of consultants from the UNHB Impact Clinic, and we are super psyched to start diving into the work with them. If you're enjoying this podcast, be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and leave us a review. It helps more folks like yourself find this podcast. Next time on Responsibly Different, I sit down with founder of Allagash Brewing, Rob Todd. It's in assessment that grades you on all these fronts.
0: But it's almost, in a lot of ways, like a guidebook to doing better.
1: We're all in this together. Till next time, be responsibly different. This is a production of Deergo Collective, music composed by our own Kevin Oates. You can follow us on social media at Deergo Collective or visit our corner of the internet at Collective.com.